Welcome to this special Memorial Day episode of Broadway Radio. My name is Matt Timonini. I hope that whether you are quarantining at home or able to spend some socially distanced time outside this holiday weekend, that you are all doing well and staying safe. I'm very excited to bring you a wonderful chat that I had last Friday with a person that I think I might have interviewed the most in my entire career. Not only have I spoken with her multiple times for articles at Broadway World, but she was a guest for my seventh episode of Tell Me More here on Broadway Radio back in February of 2018. She's my friend, the lovely and talented Ellen Marie Marsh. Now, in an effort for full disclosure here, Ellen and I are going to talk primarily about her new podcast, Obsessed with Disappeared, which is part of the Obsessed Network, which I also work for full-time. That is where Patrick Hines and Jillian Pensavales, both former Broadway radio guests as well, of course, uh, their podcast, True Crime Obsessed, that's where it comes from, and it is my job to edit those shows. So know going in that I'm going to be super biased when talking about anything related to those podcasts. Sorry, not sorry. But... Because Ellen is who she is, there is so much more for us to talk about than just that. We talk about her doing TikTok videos with her daughter, the new web series Gallery View that she created, the new musical The Bedwetter, which she was set to star in off-Broadway before the lockdown changed everybody's plans, and much, much more. We will have links to all of the things that we discuss, as well as Ellen's must-follow social media handles. Ellen is so talented, caring, and smart, and funny. I'm very excited for you to hear all about what she has going on. So, without further ado, here's my conversation with Ellen Marie Marsh. We are good. We're just hanging out. Yeah, by we, I assume you and Lola? Just me and Lo hanging. Yeah, what about you? How are you doing? I am editing an episode about Brittany Murphy right now, so uh, good times. Wait. For TCO? Yes. <gasps> oh, I loved her so much. Yeah, it it uh, it comes out next Tuesday, but like the it's an ID, it's actually an ID thing, and they mm-hmm. um it doesn't air until Tuesday night, but they gave it to Patrick and Jillian early. Um, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, so the episode comes out like twelve hours or whatever before it actually airs, so it's pretty cool. Oh, that's really cool. Is it is it like as sad as I think it's gonna be? I'm only about halfway through watching and taking notes, but yeah, like her husband apparently was a super creepy guy. Because didn't they say that she like inhaled something and like had like mold poisoning or something, but not and he died too, right? He yeah, I I I haven't gotten to him dying, but they all keep saying like he was this, so I figured he died too. But yeah, she died mm-hmm. of like like the like the autopsy said it was she died of pneumonia, and like an overdose of over the counter medications. But I'm only halfway okay. through, so I have no idea at this That's point. Sad. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah. Um. Well, it was so funny when they reached out. They were like Matt Tamanini. I was like, Yeah, I know him. He's my friend. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got the email and I told Patrick and Steve and like our Slack. I was like, so I just got an uh, an interview pitch to interview Ellen. So is that a conflict of interest? <laughs> and they're like, no, do it. So, uh, so yeah, so this works out. So, well, let's start. Let's start there. Where did the idea for you and Patrick to do this podcast start? Because I'm sure that you guys have talked about different things you could do together over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he pretty much just told me I had to. And that was like it. He's like, hey, we're doing this thing. And I was like, okay. Um, (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's, you know, we've known each other obviously for so long and we've always, um, we've always supported each other. You know, I helped him 
sort of get theater people up and running and he, you know, he interviewed me for theater people and things like that. But, um, and then obviously like him and Jillian like made magic together and we've just always kind of like been each other's fans and been like, Oh, we're going to do this. And then I was going to do their Broadway show when TCO was doing their live show on Broadway. And then Patrick was like, we're going to do something, but you know, TCO has been his baby for the past couple of years and sort of his other things. Um, and then he was just like, this is what we're doing. And I was like, yeah, of course we are. And it was just like easy as that. It was like a five minute conversation. <laughs> so, it was, you know, that's just kind of like the way we both operate. We're both kind of like all in all the time, you know, and it was just kind of like kismet. And we, and we both just happen. We're also both so busy and we um, happen to have a time to make it work. So that was it. So how did you decide on IDs vanished or disappeared? Was it disappeared? Disappeared. disappeared. Um, Patrick told me to. Okay. Um, <laughs> we, um, we both have always, you know, after every TCO episode, I'll like text and I'll text like my favorite part. And we've always both been um, kind of obsessed with missing persons, you know, on anything on like crime junkie or, um, on TCO, missing persons have always been kind of the thing that piqued my interest only because there is, you know, when you watch it, you know, when you watch a documentary and you know how it ends, you know, like, for example, like Mommy Dead and Dearest, like, you know how that story ends. Yeah, it's in the title. It's in the title. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But, you know, there's always something that kind of like raises your blood pressure when you know that it's probably not going to get solved in this 45 minutes. Um, I hate that. That's the worst. I know. I know. <laughs> and so the fact that both of us, and, and it's so funny because Jillian hates that. Jillian hated right, yeah, missing yeah. persons. So Patrick was like, I want to do IDs disappeared. And Jillian's like, yeah, go do that girl. I have no interest. So I was like, I'll do it. I'll do it. I love missing persons. So yeah, it was just kind of like this, this masochistic, side to both of us that love missing person and I actually wasn't familiar with ID I know like unsolved mysteries from when I was a kid yeah totally. um you know like babysitters would let us watch it and then you couldn't sleep at night and our parents would be like why did you let my kid watch you know unsolved mysteries yeah um so then when Patrick told me about disappeared I watched the trailer I was like yep this is the one this is it and there's a ton of episodes and they vary in endings some people are found some are still open cases so it just kind of was like the perfect combination of everything that we wanted to do and now id is you know such a fan of patrick that they you know offered our listeners you know free season one and they're doing all these awesome things for us on facebook so again it was just like a marriage of like a you know all things perfect and then we settled on that and how this is going to work is you're going to do all the episodes like you said they're starting with season one but you're going to do the episodes in order so people can follow along with episode one episode two and know exactly what's coming up and you know kind of be up to date when each episode drops yeah isn't that fun and i think that everybody has a different way they like to experience those things some people like to watch it then listen Some people like to listen, then watch. Some people like to watch and not, you know, some people don't care about podcasts. And then some people (laughs) just listen to the podcast. So it's kind of like you can like, you know, choose your own adventure for what you want to do and how you want to 
you know, follow along. I kind of don't really, sometimes I like knowing it ahead of time and I like hearing their take. And then sometimes I listen to see if I want to watch, you know what I mean? But with this one, it it goes in order. So it's really, it's kind of like a really easy game for people to like follow along with us. And we watch them in order and we're not skipping ahead either. We're like doing it in order, then record, you know, so we're kind of playing the game too. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, with like TCO episodes before I started editing them, I would oftentimes skip the ones that I knew were super murdery because I don't love the super murdery ones. Um, but, yeah. But now, but now people can know and go in order and they can follow along. Like you said, they can play the game along with it. But um, yeah, you mentioned that this is something that is kind of, you know, in all intents and purposes, a spinoff of TCO. Jillian doesn't love the the disappearance stuff, the uns, uh, the missing person stuff. But is the show basically the same format as TCO? How does that, how is you two putting your spin on? Is it at the same, you know, banter and clips? How is, how is the structure of Obsessed with Disappeared similar or different from TCO? Yeah, that's a great question. It is, you know, I think the structure, I mean, I think it's a very much, if it isn't broke, don't fix it. Um, So the structure is very much the same, like a straight recap with the, um, you know, the, the sound bites. Have fun with that, Matt. Um, And, um, (laughs) but I think, you know, I think our dynamic, I am the biggest Jillian Pensavalli fan. Like, I just think she's so smart and so witty. And I love their dynamic. It's so special. You know, like Patrick is like a lady and Jillian is like this, like, you know, (laughs) one lining, you know, she's like the B Arthur and, you know, Patrick is Betty White. She's a badass from Queens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. And um, I think the difference is just our dynamic i mean we've known each other for we've known each other for 20 years we know where all the bodies are buried so it's a and also we kind of have the same energy can confirm (laughs) yeah exactly so um i think it's just a different dynamic and we have just a we have like a lot of history so we keep like you know i'll be like oh yeah like sophomore year when you pet you know so it kind of is a little bit more like old friends talking about it. Um, so I just think the dynamic is just different and it's probably just going to be a little bit louder because um, we're both <laughs> have like screamy lady voices. So while the structure is the same, I think um, the energy is just a little bit different, not better or worse, just different. Sure. Um, so, and I just think that's fun. And I think that, um, you know, the, the fans love their dynamic and I'm definitely not trying to impede or compete with that. It's just like a different take. Um, so I think that people are a little like, where's Jillian? Yeah. Well, that's what I say. It's not like a, you're not having a street fight. There's no rumbles with you and Jillian. It's not like oh my God. Uh, a major rivalry where you shoot daggers at each other from your eyes when you see each other. No, I, I mean, I'm the biggest TCO fan. Like I have listened to every single episode because I love true crime and obviously I love Patrick and I've grown to know and love Jillian too um and she's just I mean she's way wittier she's wittier on her worst day than I am on my best day so it's just it's just a different take I always I I told the fam that I was president of the Jillian Pensavalli fan club so well and um, I I think Patrick told me something you said and I I think he told me this but he might have said it on one of your live streams or something but he he claims that you said that the reason that TCO works is because 
Patrick is as ironic as this is, he's the straight man in it and he knows when to get out of Jillian's way. Oh, yeah. I say Jillian's the host and Patrick's the co host. Like Patrick is like the you know, Patrick's like the the sidekick, the sideshow Bob next to Jillian because Jillian's yeah. Oh yeah, no, I said that. And that's and it does. Their dynamic works brilliantly. Um, so yeah, it's just a different, it's just a different take and it's just a different love. And, um, you know, Patrick loves, um, missing persons and Jillian loves her Hamill cast. Um, she has this, you know, phenomenal Broadway niche podcast that's so widely listened to and appreciated and loved in the Broadway community. And that's her second baby. So this is kind of like, you know, Patrick's other baby. Yeah. So how is it working with someone that you've been such good friends with for 20 years, have there been times during recording sessions or planning where you have butted heads on this? Or is it just, is it, or do you guys laugh too much that you can't get things done? How is that dynamic of like starting something from scratch more or less with somebody who you do enjoy being around so much? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that, you know, it's just so easy. It's, there's a shorthand there that we don't have a learning curve. We just jump in. I mean, we definitely have to like, we probably talk a little bit too much. Have fun with that, Matt. Um, (laughs) Patrick's Patrick's doing these episodes. I'm just doing the TCO stuff. So he's handling your guys' stuff now. Oh, thank goodness. Lucky, (laughs) lucky you. No, I think there's just an automatic shorthand. We don't even have, we don't have to learn each other's timing. We don't have to learn each other's, you know, things. And also, you know, obviously Patrick and I have had disagreements over 20 years of friendship, but the one thing that we do always agree on and the thing that will always, um, you know, cement our work is we just, we both have a very, very similar work ethic. When, when it's time to work, we put our heads down, we work, we're both hard workers. Um, we, we've always been similar in that we've always been hustlers. We've always, um, seen eye to eye on that. And like just our work speed and ethic has always been very, very much in line. So that's actually been super easy. And also he's, he, you know, this is my, I've done other podcasts, but he is an actual podcaster. So if anything comes up in terms of that, I definitely defer to him. Um, and he knows what works and I trust him and, um, and he trusts me, but I have little on the technical side to offer or to add. So I have no ego about that. He's definitely in charge of, you know, all of the technical podcasting stuff. So it's pretty easy. So at this point, you are getting ready to launch next Wednesday. By the time people hear this, it'll be this coming Wednesday. How many episodes have you recorded already? I think I've done five five or six. Um, we just record every Friday and, um, yeah, we're jamming through. It's hard not to watch ahead. Um, actually, because I'm such, you know, I'm the, I'm of the binge culture, you know, so it's definitely hard to just watch the episode, take notes and then go record. But I think we've done five or six. So we're really, really just starting because I think there's eight seasons. Oh my! So yeah. So we're in it for the long haul for sure. So has there been one in this first handful of episodes that either from what you saw on Disappeared or from the episode that you recorded with Patrick that really jumps out and be like, oh, this one is the one to get ready for? Well, I don't know. They all have such a series of up and downs, but I can't believe that we were only a handful of episodes in and um, without giving anything away, someone went missing and is alive. 
and I was that's the, good and I yeah I know and so it's like <laughs> oh my gosh this, this actually does happen you know so I don't want to give too much away but I mean I'm I am such a I hate surprises so I really really try to use some restraint and not google ahead and I try and watch it in the moment but then when you see something that has a happy ending and and why it and why it panned out the way it did it was like oh so this isn't going to be just you know gloom and doom um so that was that was actually pretty exciting but they're all like you know and Patrick and I are are both parents we both have a little girl and so Whenever something yeah. comes to, we've had a couple young women and we both, there is an emotional aspect to it. And we've already experienced it in just a handful of episodes that we have recorded that kind of emotional roller coaster that you go on as a parent and then the emotional roller coaster you go on as the parent of a girl. So we've already experienced so many emotions in just a handful of episodes. So it's, kind of like I can't wait to do more, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I know you guys have some exciting things coming up uh, with that. And Patrick did an interview this week with one of the subjects of one of the episode's sisters. So there's a lot of cool things coming up with that. But you, you mentioned the fact that both you and Patrick are hustlers. You work hard. You're always busy. And anybody who follows you or knows you at all knows that you have been putting your quarantine time to very good use. <laughs> Starting first, let's yeah. let's go kind of in order here because like I feel like as soon as the quarantine happened, you and your daughter jumped on the TikTok train and <laughs> were killing it early on. Like, well, I don't know if it's my favorite, but the one that I've seen like I think the most because I feel like either you started it and then everybody else started doing it, or maybe you jumped on the trend early. But the one where like you bent over and she you were like her horse or something, it was. Yeah. My so hair good. looks like the horse Horses tail. tail. Yeah. It's so funny because she's almost 11 and she's in Mommy, Can I Get a TikTok? I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> but we could do TikToks yeah. together. But I'll so get one for you. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That was the caveat for her doing TikToks. So, and these dances are hard. Like, we've learned some of these dances. And I mean, they're an afternoon's work. I mean, so, and, and this is coming from someone who's done multiple Broadway musicals where dancing was a fairly significant part of the show. Yeah, I mean, well, the thing is, there's no one breaking it down. You just kind of have to, I mean, there are some online tutorials, which I've then discovered, but you kind of just have to watch it and go, okay, her arm goes like no, that, and then you replay it. Okay, her arm goes like that, and then like that, and then you replay it. So we were sort of, um, you know, using that. I was using it as... Um, sort of a carrot at the end of a stick for her to finish her online schooling. Yeah. So I would say like, okay, if you, you know, finish today and get it all done, we can, you know, learn a TikTok dance. Um, and so that was just really fun. And it was a really like fun way for us to connect. And we had all this obviously free time and we've been taking quarantine really seriously. And I've been trying, you know, there's only so many things you can do in the house with, you know, and she's, you know, she's almost 11. So it's not like she wants to play with blocks or, you know, she's, she's older and her tastes are more sophisticated. So the TikTok dancing was super fun for me, but also kind of a thing we could do together. So yes, jumped on the TikTok train really early into quarantine. And I think anybody who follows you on social media knows that Lola might be almost 11, but she's actually like 
27, like in her maturity and personality. So uh, that's awesome. So that was that. And you still do some fashion vlogging as well. I know with your variations on Mm -hmm. what robes you wear every day, which is always fun. But then you Mm -hmm. you launched a web series uh, called Gallery View, which you are not in, at least not yet. I don't know if you have any plans on appearing in it, but you are co-writing this. But it has like a ton of Broadway folks. And it's what's awesome about it is, is like it's taking place in the here and now. It's taking place during the pandemic. And it's called Gallery mm-hmm. View, which I think is such a brilliant name. Um, and it's just so fun. It's like the off- it's like the office meets you know, quarantine Zoom lifestyle. Do you want to tell people like yeah. what it is, like what the setup is? Yeah. Um, thank you so much. It, that really means a lot to me. Thank you for saying that. Um, so my um, my writing partner and I, we, we were in Priscilla, Queen of the Desert together. And um, we've been writing partners for four or five years. Gavin, um, right? We've written a couple of things. Gavin Lodge, yeah. And um, so we had this idea. We were like, we, we have to do something. So the idea was, our first idea was to have a TV series that takes place entirely on Zoom. And what are the things that go wrong on Zoom? People don't know how to use Zoom. They mute themselves. They accidentally sign off. You know, there's this whole culture that everyone has had to immediately learn and adapt to, and that is Zoom. All of a sudden, all of our communications, whether it be with friends or workers, had to be on Zoom. So we took it on Zoom, and it is. we were like, what is the thing in quarantine right now. And in the beginning of quarantine, it was the whole toilet paper, you know, (laughs) fiasco slash shortage. So the shows, um, the show is essentially about a failing toilet paper company that in the midst of a global pandemic still can't sell their toilet paper and can't figure out how to essentially save the company. So the company is called White Star um, for which face prints, is the um, sort of like owner of the company, but she's a little hands off. And then um, Brandon Uranowitz, who is a three-time Tony nominee, is the bookkeeper. And Izzy McCullough is the she's daughter so of good. the CEO. She's so she's funny. So good she yells at her kids all the time. So um, we have this cast of characters of people that I love. You know, there's an ornery bookkeeper. There's like a one-lining office manager. Um, there's the CEO who wears a silk robe all day long and doesn't actually know what's happening. So it's kind of the ups and downs of this company. And that's exactly, you you equating it to the office is exactly spot on. Um, it's an office on Zoom and we shoot it entirely on Zoom. Um, I'm directing it and co-writing it. And um, yeah, we shoot it on Zoom. We edit it and we put out... Um, these little 10 minute episodes we've um, released up to episode four now and um, it's kind of like very keystone cops you know um, lots of ups and downs it's just it's been a blast and it's just been so it's just this labor of love but it's just been so fun and um, I love creating content and um, I love working with Gavin and it's just been it's been a blast it's been a really really unexpected um little ray of joy um that i yeah ran to, you know but it's just always so funny just think of the ideas and i mean that's again that's sort of like where patrick and i have always been doers like you have an idea do it 
so that was just, we just did it. And we just called all our friends and I called my um, editor who edited my web series, Turning the Tables, Mike Hunsaker, and he's brilliant and it's just been great. So thank you so much for bringing that up. It's, um, it's been, it's been really, really fun. I'm really proud of it. Yeah. And, and God, you do so much. Like I, I wasn't even planning on talking about Turning the Tables, but that's, I mean, one of the funniest things that, that like theater people need to watch. It is so funny. And then you like you do that, and then you also I don't know what you t- direct or produce the getting Peggy with it podcast. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like I, you do so much, and like I don't understand where you have the time to do this and have a real job, which because you're always employed as an actress, which we're gonna get to in a second. But like I don't know where you find the time and the energy. My God, Ellen. Um. No, I just, I like to stay busy and I like to be proactive and um, my brain doesn't ever shut off, Matt. I don't, it's, it's a, my brain doesn't ever <laughs> shut off. So um, yeah. And uh, in, during this time in quarantine, I feel like, and there's nothing, nothing wrong with just sitting back and enjoying this time. That's just not how I function and how I sort of deal with stress. I have to dive into projects just to keep my heart afloat. So, um, and we do Broadway trivia. Um, we oh, do Broadway right. Trivia of with, course. I didn't with, even mention that. My God. But again, it's just, it's so fun. And I, um, which you have to come and play. I will. We, we do general knowledge trivia on Tuesday and we do Broadway specific trivia with theater mania on Thursdays. Yeah. And that's just been really fun. And, you know, it just, I don't know how else to say it other than I, it brings me joy to make other people happy. Um, And I think that's, you know, what a lot of actors feel like, um, you know, being an actor, you know, like we make people happy and that feeds our soul. So it's, you know, it makes me happy. (laughs) Yeah. And and the trivia thing is something that you did pre-quarantine. Like this is something that you've been doing for a while, IRL. Right. Um, My dear friend, Brett Thiel and I, we went to this uh, this really fun pub um, on 42nd and 10th, and it's really spacious, and it's got picnic tables and great food. And we're like, we need to do something here. And, um, you know, being on a Broadway show schedule, we don't ever get to do pub quizzes or yeah, trivia because yeah. it always starts at 7 or 8. And um, so we did sort of a late-night trivia league that starts at 10, 15, for Broadway folks to have a trivia night because we never get to do that. So we started Broadway Trivia League um, a little over a year ago on Tuesday night. Um, It's open to anyone, but it's just late because we live kind of a reverse life. You know, we, we are, we go out at 10 o'clock at night, you know, that's our life. So we just started this trivia league so that we, um, because everyone loves a pub quiz. Um, I love trivia. I come from a very competitive family and we've always loved trivia, but we've never gotten a chance to do it. So that's where Broadway Trivia League was, was born. And my friend Brett and I have been running it for almost a year and a half now. And he's an, he's an amazing actor and dancer himself. And we both, we've both been running that and we figured we might as well keep it in quarantine, keep people's, you know, schedules going. We don't do it late night though. We do do it at seven now that we're all yeah. out of work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only difference. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's speaking yeah. of out of work, because this is like a little bit of a downer, but hopefully this is a, a good thing that eventually will come back. You were getting ready to do the Bedwetter off Broadway, the Sarah Silverman musical. And it's been a really interesting thing. I spoke with Linda Lavin really early in quarantine, um, who was going to mm-hmm. be a, a part of the cast as well. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. right when this all started, you, every, we all lost the, 
the composer behind the show, Adam Schlesinger. Did you have a chance to work with him at all during like the audition process or what was your experience of collaborating with him early on in the project? Yeah, we had met a couple times and we had met obviously in my audition and my callback. And it's so funny because we bumped into each other uh, at Telsey and he said, you know, I looked you up on Instagram (laughs) and I said, oh no, you never know where that's going to go. And he was like, you're so funny. And I was very obviously, you know, tongue tied and flattered. You know, not only was that was it was the day of my final callback and I wanted to impress him. So um, we had had a little laugh and, you know, we had worked together in the room and then we had seen each other at um, a gala after that. And I was just so excited to get to know him better. Obviously, I knew his work. He's a he was a dad. Um, He's been this has been a passion project with him and Sarah for so long. Um, So the I mean, obviously, the tragic nature of anyone we've lost during this COVID pandemic is horrible. I just, you know, we had heard that he had fallen ill. And your mind never goes to that dark place. Your mind goes, oh, okay, well, I hope he gets better soon. And hearing, you know, the outcome, and of course, we received um, messages from everyone involved in the bedwetter. And, you know, they've been working on this for four years. um, And it just is a tragic and not only was he a well-respected artist and composer and person, he was a dad and, you know, all those other things that come with it. So I think we raised a glass the other night because it was supposed to be our opening night. So we toasted and, you know, dedicated the night to him. It's just a very, very sad ending. But I, I think the silver lining is that they really want to do it for him. This was, this will be, Uh, you know, uh, more than obviously all of his other previous work. I think this will be, this will be the work that is his legacy because he left it behind. Um, So I think they are really, really determined to do it in his honor, which I think is really beautiful. Yeah, that's wonderful. And so you, it was through the Atlantic theater company. So I assume that they still have plans to bring it back when, and if it's ever safe to have people congregate together at some point in the future. Yeah, we start rehearsals as of now. We start rehearsals at the end of March 2021, oh, awesome. which is great. Yeah, it's a great thing to look forward to. And, you know, I don't hang my hat on it, um, you know, because the one yeah. thing we've learned during this pandemic is you don't rely on anything, but it is a beautiful thing to look forward to. And if it's March of 2021 or April or May, I think they believe in the piece. I think Sarah believes in the piece. It is her story of when she was younger. Um, it's based on her best-selling book. And I think because of everything that has happened and the story and how passionate they are about the piece, I it will live on at some point, which is, um, I'm so fortunate to be a part of some uh, of a project that they believe so passionately in. Yeah. And I know this is a big deal for you too, because this is, although you've been involved with a bunch of original Broadway casts, like this is the first time you're originating a principal role in a new work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm really excited. It's so funny and fun. And I get this, this, the song, one of the songs I get to sing is, it it takes place in New Hampshire. Obviously that's where Sarah is from, but the directions for the audition was a very, very thick accent. And I love accents. (laughs) So um, I called my friend Patrick Lavelli and asked him to walk me through a proper New Hampshire accent. So he was sort of my dialect coach 
but um, I played his character, Mrs. Dumbo. Um, and <laughs> it's just, it's just really fun. And it's an honor to, you know, ever be, ever originate a role, but to originate a principal role um, is just really quite an honor. And it's just was really exciting. So the other night when it was opening night, I was like, oh, I'm sitting here in my pajamas and my bathrobe. I was supposed to be originating a principal <laughs> role, but this is where we're at today. So, yeah. But and, yeah. And instead, you guys had a Zoom call. Is that what you do? Is that what you did? Were you raised- yeah, just kind of had like a little toast with the director and the um, Atlantic Theater Company and Sarah. Um, yeah. So it's fine. You know, it's. It it truly is what it is, and I wasn't sad. It was just kind of like, huh, <laughs> whatever. That's, it's like a very yeah, it's a very sliding doors moment. You know, it's like that's where we were supposed to be, but we're not. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's wrap this up uh, on some uh, some obsessed with disappeared final thoughts. So I have noticed that the obsessed with disappeared Instagram page seems to be far more active than the true crime obsessed Instagram page. <laughs> and I am, what do you think that is? <laughs> I have a feeling that's because you have taken on the responsibility of handling that. And you and Patrick have done a lot of, uh, live streams. Like I think basically every Friday, um, you've done one, at least leading up to we're recording this actually on Friday before you have one tonight, actually, are you going to pull him kicking and screaming more because he does a little social media but he's not as like he's not a social media expert like you are right right i mean i thank you for calling me an expert i'm by no means an expert (laughs) but i do love social media i love that you know for all of the negatives or you know the cancel culture and all that nonsense it is a way for us to connect to people that we ordinarily would not be able to connect to you know like we, we were on a live and someone said hi from Athens and you know how I mean that's that's a magical thing and I you know I told Patrick I mean the success of TCO is phenomenal it is it's a bonkers. phenomenon it's a it true really time is. phenomenon and it's wonderful and I you know I can only hope that disappeared has a fraction of that success but I do think that social media is very important. I think it's important to stay connected to people, to fans of the show, to answer questions. And I love doing it. I love being connected to people that I'm, I may never even meet, but it's nice to kind of have that moment. So we're doing what we call Friday Night Live, and we're going to go live for, you know, 20 or 30 minutes on Fridays to talk about the episode, to talk about our weeks, to answer questions. And I think that's part of it. I think part of delivering content to people doesn't just stop there. I don't think it stops at dropping a podcast. I like to hear what people have to say, positive or negative. Um, you know, obviously I don't want people to make fun of me. I'm very, I'm very fragile, but, um, you're an actor. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I, you know, someone saying I connected to this or, you know, I lived next door to this person or, you know, and people have things to say and that's part of it. It's a conversation. It doesn't just stop at what Patrick and I talk about on the podcast. So, um, I, I did take over the disappeared page. Um, I run it. Very obvious. And, Very obvious. And I want, you know, I want people to feel feel our passion for the show and feel our passion for the podcast and get to know us 
too. Obviously, we have a, a, a history that I've shared a little bit. You know, we married each other. We graduated together. Um, we've shared each other's birth of our daughters. We're, we're a major part of each other's lives besides being podcast partners now. And I think that's fun to share. And I think that's fun for people to get to know us. And I like getting to know people too. So yes, a little bit more active on social media is definitely a goal. So um, 6 p.m. Eastern, every Friday night, we will go live together, um, you know, bearing any, you know, kind of, you know, craziness. Um, And we'll talk about the episode that just launched on Wednesday. We'll get to hear people's feedback, answer questions, and then just talk about nonsense. We're really good at talking about nonsense, Matt. We're really good at it. Yeah. And just to clarify, (laughs) when you say you married each other, you officiated each other's weddings. You are not actually married to each other. Thank you for that yeah, clarification. Just want to make sure. Yes. Yeah, just, just want to clear that up. We appreciated each other's wedding. <laughs> uh, and, and one last thing, you, speaking of like interacting with people, I know that when and if this is ever allowed again, you're planning on taking a show on the road too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We can't wait. I love, I mean, yeah, live shows for sure. I mean, we're both kind of really off the cuff people and we will definitely, definitely God, be dangerous. taking um, Obsessed with Disappeared when we're able to see everyone. And and again, it's more than just the performing aspect. It's meeting people in person and saying hello. And when we can touch again, we can hug and we can high five. So yes, we will definitely, definitely be doing that um, come next year when we're all healthy and happy and safe. Well, Alan, you know that I've been a huge fan of yours for years now, and I'm so excited to get to work like tangentially with you on uh, all of this stuff and i'm so excited for everything else you you have going on and uh, i have listened to the first episode uh and it's great i've actually listened i actually listened to the raw audio before it was edited and that was okay that was even better than the final episode because you guys are crazy (laughs) together yeah i know Uh, but the episode is so good no it is so good i love it it's so funny and uh, I think people are going to love it when they hear it. So I'm, I'm very excited for the first episode to drop this week. Well, thank you. Thank you for always being a champion of people and podcasts and Broadway. You are such a helpful person. You have great content yourself. And I just can't thank you enough for everything. You're, no. you're just absolutely the best. Thank no, you. No, no need. But I look forward to listening to all this and then seeing you again in the future and celebrating together at some point down the road for sure yes that is that is a definite all right go get back to uh geometry or whatever it is you have to do with lola (laughs) and uh we'll talk soon (laughs) thank you sweetheart all right bye. i will talk to you soon all right bye-bye